sometimes people think, okay, I am a woman in tech. Therefore, all of my mentors must be women in tech in perpetuity. If you are a man in finance, I will not learn anything from you. You cannot be my mentor. And that's simply not true. You know, if you want to be a successful leader, you need to ensure that you're well-rounded. You don't have to be a master of everything, but you should be able to understand certain pieces of corporate landscapes. And you get that from meeting different people from different walks of life. You're listening to The Follow, a multicultural podcast from creative agency Sanders Wingo, where we talk to up-and-coming BIPOC creators, movement makers, and thought leaders who we follow. These are influencers who you might not know about, but we think you should. We talk to them about their work, worldview, and how they use their platform. But we also cover race, identity, and all things culture in a format designed to help us all get smarter about culture. In this episode, we speak to Janice Omadeki, the CEO and founder of The Mentor Method, an enterprise solution that improves talent retention and development through inclusive mentorships. Hosting this conversation with Janice is Leslie Wingo, the CEO of Sanders Wingo. In their conversation, Janice talks about what motivated her to start her own mentorship program with the goal of helping guide young entrepreneurs on the career path, as well as exploring how you build meaningful connections while remaining inclusive and professional in your business practices and so much more. She discusses why she has chosen this path to lead by example and how most internships are no different than any other relationship. And now, here's Leslie. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? All of the fun things. Sure. I'm Janice Omadeki. I'm CEO and founder of The Mentor Method, which is an enterprise solution focused on talent retention and development through inclusive mentorship. I'm from the D.C. metro area, originally moved to Austin April 2018, and decided to make this home after placing gold in the Mass Challenge Accelerator and just meeting the incredible culture that, you know, the Austin ecosystem. So did you always have the entrepreneurial bug? I think I always had the entrepreneurial bug. I just didn't know what to call it. So Mm -hmm. growing up, my dad always told me that I was a great problem solver. And that's what entrepreneurship is at the end of Mm -hmm. the day, right? You're solving a problem that somebody will pay for and you're actually delivering value by alleviating that pain point for someone. So, you know, we grew up around the dinner table playing a game of, you know, what's a problem that you encounter today and how would you solve it? And how could you make a business out of it? And to me growing up, it was just fun, you know, Mm -hmm. just like fun family discussions at the dinner table. But when I had the idea for the mentor method, I felt all of that family culture kind of hit me at once of, okay, I actually know, you know, a little bit about problem solving. I had already studied entrepreneurship from MIT and just sort of pieced that first MVP together when the idea came along. So can you walk us through your company software, not the secret sauce or how the patents are working, just walk us through how you how you match people or how the how your company matches people and i think it's also interesting the second part of this is how do you know the chemistry is right or if the chemistry needs to be adjusted somehow yeah well we spent two years in r&d refining that process to alleviate that exact concern because you know 
signing up for a corporate mentorship program and saying, you know, I want to stay within this company. I want to advance in this company. And I know that I need to gain new skills in order to do that. You're really asking the company like, hey, can you help me with that? And that's a very vulnerable question to ask, especially in corporate environments where vulnerability is not necessarily rewarded. So we spent a lot of time making sure that our 22 question personality assessment and sort of the way in which we were aggregating the best matches for our users was inclusive, addressed not just the personality and chemistry, but also making sure that you're getting something out of it to become a stronger professional in whatever term or whatever that means for you in that season of your career. That's great, that's great. So let me ask you this. After two people are matched, your site says you provide a framework and methodology to make relationships, to make the relationship effective. What does that look like? What does that feel like? And I think it's also interesting to bring in the PW, when you were at PwC and developing relationships over Zoom, because for some of us, this is very new in terms of, I'm going to have a relationship with somebody I've never right. met before, right? It's so weird and amazing and beautiful and crazy at the same time. You've been doing this longer than a lot of us. So you're, oh, for sure. Some of us are coming to this very new in terms of, I'm going to build chemistry with people I've never met before in this yeah. platform called Zoom or Google Hangouts. And so, how does that come into play when you're creating with Mentor Method? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's about keeping it simple, not overthinking it. At the end of the day, we're all people. Think about your closest friends, right? Like you were talking about how you're celebrating your friend's 60th birthday in order to get to a point where you're, you know, celebrating that huge milestone with them, there has been a series of conversations, right? But you didn't get to those series of conversations and learning about that person until you felt safe, felt like there was something in common, some type of ethos alignment that made you say from the beginning, oh, okay, maybe I will take a casual coffee with this person. And then that casual coffee turns into, you know, maybe a monthly get together, which then turns into, you know, a pool weekend or whatever it is, right? And that same logic applies in building corporate relationships, whether that's in mentorship or not. So for us within the Mentor Method solution, we just keep it very simple and focused on meaningful connections between people that also want to advance in their careers. And we ensure that our users feel safe and comfortable, understand our process. You know, they can see the percentage of compatibility and the logic of why they been matched to these individuals. And they also have the freedom of choice to be able to pick, you know, the best match for them. So while it's prescriptive, they still have the autonomy to make the best decisions for themselves. So when you, when you, at the end of the day, what does successful relationship look like with your company? Well, 90% of our matches are still in communication after being matched within a three-year timeframe. So I think that chemistry piece and the way that we've intentionally included everyone and looked at them holistically, right, within like skills and other areas has been effective. Like we've seen people go from working the front desk to getting full-time graphic design jobs in six months. We've had two people that were matched ended up actually creating a political advocacy nonprofit that their employer then sponsored. Like it's been amazing to watch the journey of some of our users and just see how far that they've taken this encounter that comes from, you know, lines of code and a dream on my end. It's, it's really humbling. 
let's spend some time talking about inclusive mentorship. Your site mentions that one of the challenges you're trying to solve is that employees are seeking this inclusive membership to advance their careers. So what does this mean exactly? It means making sure that your board of advisors for your career, if you will, is as diverse as possible. Sometimes people think, okay, I am a woman in tech. Therefore, all of my mentors must be women in tech in perpetuity. If you are a man in finance, I will not learn anything from you. You cannot be my mentor. And that's simply not true. You know, if you want to be a successful leader, you need to ensure that you're well-rounded. You don't have to be a master of everything, but you should be able to understand certain pieces of corporate landscapes. And you get that from meeting different people from different walks of life. Can you talk to us a little, just a little bit about board of directors of your life? What does that look like? Yeah. When I think of your career board of directors, I think the first step would be to look at where you want to advance in your career and really authentically look at whether or not you're strong in those areas. So your career board of advisors are people that will help you become a well-rounded, high caliber professional. So really thinking about the areas that you need to develop and finding experts and people that are great at the things that you're not great at. You know, the advice that I give my cousins is find a mentor that will help you understand how to monetize your strengths. Find a mentor that'll help you understand vulnerability through leadership because they're not binary. There's a way to do it, but it's an art. And then find someone that's great at being able to make their money work for them and learn how they do it and then apply it to your own life. Like those are the three areas that I ask my cousins to look at, but it really varies. I mean, I guess a good example would be, you know, going back to that women in tech example, right? You're focusing on getting mentors within engineering or within certain departments where your skill set would be viable. But you have to remember that in certain corporate environments, the majority stakeholders are still men and men from a certain demographic. So you can only get so far if you're sticking to one segment of the population and not wanting to expand your understanding of other key players within that space, right? And the best way to do that, you know, maybe it's an inform, you know, informational coffee that turns into mentorship, but you're doing yourself a disservice by sticking to homogenous groups instead of just broadening your horizons and meeting people from different walks of life. I'm going to shift over into this section that we called race, identity, and culture. So race, identity. Ooh, this is exciting. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So this podcast was the brainchild of a few people in my office and it for people to get smarter about culture, right? Because we, mm -hmm. in the United States, many of us all, many of us speak English. We don't necessarily all speak the same culture. And so race, ethnicity, and identity often play a big part in shaping culture or whatever culture means for different people. So in terms of race, race, ethnicity, identity, how do you identify yourself? That's a great question. I identify as Congolese American. And has this identity shaped how you work, how you think through things, how you solve problems? Well, I don't think the identity and how I identify has, but I do think just my life journey and generational lessons have, if that makes sense. Like I'm very proud of 
my Congolese heritage. I'm proud of the sacrifices my parents made to immigrate to America and build a better life for three children that they didn't even know they were going to have. You know, when they immigrated here, they didn't know each other. So, you know, there's a lot of cultural norms and traditions and my Congolese upbringing built me to ensure that I'm ready for the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. I'm a middle child. I am a woman from a very traditional Christian household. And having had parents that came, that came from a third world nation and made this life for themselves, there was no way in hell we were going to be allowed to do anything at a mediocre level, right? So for me, I just have this natural preference to perform at a certain level, but that ambition is also paired with a high level of compassion for other people. Our guest bedroom was like the Ellis Island of my family, where somebody was always staying with us, you know, an aunt, an uncle, somebody that's just a family friend, but we call them an aunt or an uncle, you know, what have you. They would stay in our guest bedroom, you know, get their papers in order, green cards, etc. My parents would teach them what it's like to live in America and get adjusted to that. And then off they went. And so I think having that great combination of both, you know, seeing that hard work can really pay off and that level of gratitude you can have for other people and for, you know, the accomplishments you've reached then enables you to empower others. Um, that's something that I've just naturally taken with me. And I actually didn't know that other people didn't operate that way until I think college. And you mm -hmm. start to see how people outside of your little bubble behave. I am going to shift gears again on you. Social platform. What is your social platform of choice? How often do you use it? So I live digitally within Instagram and LinkedIn. Those are really the two that I use regularly. So Instagram to you know, keep in touch with friends back home and otherwise, and then LinkedIn for professional networking. Um, cheering on others that are in the DEI and HR tech space and mentors and close friends. Why, why are these two, these two platforms your favorite? Well, I don't want to use more than that, to be honest. <laughs> so I disabled my Facebook. I'm not on, you know, TikTok or any of the other ones. I just want to prioritize my own well-being. And I found that those two helped me advance professionally and also stay connected to my friends. And I was like, great, it's not broke. We're not, we're not taking on more than this. Are there any trends in the mentorship or DEI space or in, the, in that tech space that you're excited about? Or are there any trends mm. that you're like, I'm gonna start this trend? <laughs> um, there are some trends that we have started and are starting, but I cannot release those yet. Um, but okay. once, once I can, you will be one of the first people to know. Um, trends that I am excited for that are already in the market. I'm loving this push for future of work and really getting people to think about how people engage with not just their companies, but their the cultures that these companies have built. Mm -hmm. You know, for the longest time, you know, I, I even remember when I graduated in 2009 and pretty much my entire career, the culture for most of the places I worked for were first one in last one out that's the person who really loves this company and like you better be ready to you know sacrifice 
everything in your personal life for a 2.5% salary raise, hopefully at the end of the year, right? And that's just not the way people live or think about their relationship to work anymore. So it's exciting to see companies have to be people first and think about their people and realize that it's positively impacting their bottom line in ways that they weren't even considering. Like productivity rose, I think, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it rose significantly, like three digits during the pandemic and people working from home. So excited to see people maintain that work from home environment. I benefited significantly from it when I was working at PwC. Um, I'm excited about this focus on culture versus the individual, because I think everybody plays a part in the evolution of a company's culture. And it's great to see companies now thinking about that more critically. And of course, inclusion, that's a topic that, you know, we've been singing from the mountaintop at the mentor method for years and seeing companies now have that direct correlation between, okay, if we're inclusive, we can keep the best talent, therefore remain competitive in the market, therefore improve our bottom line has been um, fantastic to see as well. Are there any companies out there that are doing any of these three areas that you've outlined that are doing it well? Yeah, you know, I would say, honestly, we're seeing a lot of companies that are doing it well because of what we do. You know, we're the tool that operationalizes the way in which companies are building these meaningful connections across their employees. But in order for you to even want to build a mentorship program, you have to care about the talent that you have and care about keeping them, right? So there are so many companies out there that are doing phenomenal work. I mean, off the top of my head, Slalom is doing incredible work with their talent retention and development planning. You know, they have a three-year plan already and they're just moving full steam ahead. And it's very exciting to collaborate with them on that. Amazon is thinking not just about their employees, but, you know, who has access to their platform, who can actually afford the sponsored ads, you know, which businesses are getting promoted. And that's great to see both sides of, okay, we want an inclusive culture internally, but we also need to make sure that externally we're promoting that. And that's been wonderful to see. Yeah, I think those are two really strong examples based on our collaborations. Microsoft is also doing phenomenal work. I collaborated with them on a panel for The Economist Q4 of last year, talking about the ways in which they're leveraging all of the data that they're collecting to help motivate other companies to think more inclusively and how this impacts talent retention and other aspects of business growth. And the fact that they're using their ability to track data for good is very inspiring in a time when, you know, algorithms are biased and there's so much tech that's being used you know for negative data collection um it's great that a behemoth like them chose the opposite direction i love it i love it first and foremost we're an ad agency and we always want to know are there any organization and brands you would love to partner with to support the causes you care about Ooh, yes quite a few um we have our dream companies list actually so target corporation is one our former um, our advisor, Kimberly Strong, was the former head of DEI for the corporation for over 20 years. And I mean, we just, there's so much amazing work that's going on right now, right? And we're such a 
targeted solution focused on future of work and talent retention and development that, you know, if you have a thousand employees or greater, we genuinely do want to support and we're able to do that at scale. But a few that come top of mind, Target Corporation, I love the way that they are ensuring that their remote employees are also taken care of. I did a panel with Caroline Wonga that she was formerly at Target now with Essence, but when she was there it was during the shutdown and they realized that some of their employees had to come to work because their home environments were not the healthiest or safest spaces. And instead of forcing people to just deal with that, they started giving stipends for, you know, desks or diapers or whatever the employees needed. So being able to play a part in their talent retention journey and their inclusive company culture would be a dream. So with your Instagram platform and LinkedIn platform, who are you following right now? Are there people doing innovative things in your space? Are people who are just doing impressive and admirable things? Well, you. Thank you. <laughs> I would be remiss if I did not call that out. Um, you're everywhere. I mean, you're at, you can't have a DEI conversation without your name coming up truly. And it's been that way for the last three years and it's phenomenal. You know, I have actually been really taking a step back from social media recently. I just found that it was more of an energy drainer than an energy gainer for me. And so I wouldn't be able to answer that question right now. I feel like the accounts that I keep up with are close friends from back home in the DC metro area, family, you know, a few mindfulness and well being accounts because that's what helps you keep going, you know, through the highs and lows of building your own business. And then over LinkedIn, kind of the same thing. So unfortunately, I do not have a good answer for that. No, I think that is a perfect answer because, you know, it, it goes back to the beginning of the conversation in terms of what you're doing and what you're causing and having space where people can have these conversations to develop relationships. And I find it very difficult to, I, how about this? I don't think I've ever developed a relationship over Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, but that's where some of those things start. And so there's a, there's something interesting about coming back to not the way things were, but rethinking how things could be in this yeah. new environment of tech and social and, and actually focusing in on a conversation and paying attention to what someone is telling you and what you're talking about. So you can have this fully engaged, meaningful dialogue where you get something mm -hmm. and they get something. And I think that's great. That is so interesting. Wait, so you really haven't. I have made really good friendships that started from Instagram DMs, actually. I'm thinking really? about, yes, a good friend of mine, Tamika Jones, she's a musician, born and raised here. She's moving to LA, sadly, but we had mutual friends and then I was just a fan of her music and we started DMing. DMing turned into being invited to her birthday brunch and now she's one of my closest friends. So it can happen. Okay, I'm jealous. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to rethink <laughs> my strategy you should give it a try I mean it doesn't work for everybody obviously but I think especially now when we're not going to you know six networking events a week we're not doing you know three birthday parties per weekend people start to get creative in the way in which they're meeting other folks so I've been using as an introvert it's been great being able to <laughs> you know, rely on keyboard and getting to know people that way. But 
Yeah. One introvert to another. I'm going to rethink my strategy and be open to new possibilities. Okay. Get ready. I'm just going to start sending you memes over Instagram of things okay. that are too relatable. I love it. I love it. And just so we have one clean take of this, you've already answered this a million times. I'm going to ask you one more time. Sure. Where can we follow you on social media? Yes, please follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Janice Omadeki. You can follow my company account, The Mentor Method, on Twitter and LinkedIn. And you can find me on Instagram at Janice Omadeki. Thank you, Janice, for being here and taking some time to share a little bit about your world with us. And thank you all for listening to The Follow, a multicultural podcast from Creative Agency Sanders Wingo. For show notes, past episodes, or to get notified when a new episode comes out, visit thefollowpodcast.com. If you like the show, please rate and review it on your favorite podcast platform. It boosts the show's visibility so other people can find it and enjoy it too. We'll catch you on the next episode.